When we came together on Friday evening, it was encouraging to see the numbers that we hear as we joined together for our prayer and uh, ministry. But uh, as I came to share God's word on Friday evening, I asked a question at the beginning. And uh, <laughs> you know the answer now. Yeah, but you didn't know. <laughs> I asked the question at the beginning, and out of the ones that were here, there was only nobody responded at the time, but I knew that one person was being modest and didn't answer. And uh, I'm going to ask a similar question this morning. But there's even less excuse now because I was going right back to September 2019 on Friday evening. I'm a little bit more recent this time with the question I'm going to ask. And I know that some of the here and there weren't here, so they won't know the answer unless they watch the video. Catch them out now. <laughs> but uh, who can remember what I spoke on on a Sunday morning two weeks ago? I am going to give up. <laughs> I said I was going to give up Friday evening. Yes, yes, I was given a bit of allowance for the time gap. Yes, yes, but if I can't remember from two weeks ago, I'm going to find myself a job back in Tesco's or something again. <laughs> no, I'm not, because I hated the time I spent at Tesco's. Six years there was enough. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, I'll let you know what it was. I shared some thoughts from Joshua 24, 14 to 28, and in particular the challenge it was found in verse 15, when Joshua spoke to the people and said to them, choose this day whom you will serve. I've got another question, how many had already forgotten about what my theme was two weeks ago? I've got the answer. <laughs> I've got the answer. But I wonder, see I've used that question this morning as a challenge in a sense, because I wonder how often we hear the challenge that comes from the preaching of the Word of God and either just choose not to respond or we accept it, listen to it, but the moment we've gone out through the door, we just forget all about it. And I think that's a big problem in the church today. It's a big problem in the church today. And I'm not talking just here. I'm talking generally in the church today. We're hearers of the word, but we practice so little of the doing. We take the challenge when we hear it being presented, but when we go out through the door, it's almost as if it's water under a bridge. It's gone. For example, how many of us can recall a time, and as I always, or quite often say, when I'm preaching, speaking, I'm always speaking to myself as well, because it challenges me in the preparation of the word, it challenges me in the presentation of the word, but how many of us can recall a time perhaps when we have been in particular some big Christian conference or gathering and I guess a good number of you might have been to something like that where there's been not just 20 or 30 or 100 or a few hundred, maybe a few thousand gathered together. And as we've heard the word of God, we have responded with enthusiasm, 
We've responded with eagerness, even to the point of committing ourselves in that gathering to do something about what we've heard. And yet, the moment we've returned home from that convention or whatever it might be, and back into our daily routine, that which happened in that gathering, which seemed powerful, seemed tangible, is forgotten all about. It's as if it never happened. And that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They committed themselves in Joshua 24 to serving the Lord. You remember we used the illustration because Marco was singing that song, Whose Side Are You Leaning On? And they made the decision that they were going to lean on the Lord's side. And this is what verse 21 says, And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. They were so confident in moving forward that it goes on to say that they made a covenant and they took a large stone and they set it by the sanctuary of the Lord and that large stone was going to be a witness against them should they fail to follow through with the decision that they had made to serve the Lord. It was something that they could look at to remind them of the choice that they had made and to remind them if they'd failed in the choice that they'd made. And this is verse 26 to 27. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the law. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us. See, he included himself, not just the people. Against us. For it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. And I'm sure this morning that I can use the word we, because I'm as guilty as anyone that we may at some time have got up or stood up or even gone forward at an altar call to show that we were committing to whatever the challenge may have been at the time. It was our equivalent of putting up a stone. I choose this today. And how many of us today would have to look back to such a moment and admit I failed to follow it through. I confess, I can think of a number of occasions where I've been in a convention, a mass gathering, and the word of the God has challenged me so much. And it's not just been in a large gathering, it's been when I've been on my own in the presence of God and God has challenged me and I've set the stone this is the determination of my heart from this day forward and yet I have to admit looking back 
so many times I have failed to follow it through. And we could give some examples. We may have promised to serve the Lord more and yet since then we seem to be doing less for him. I promise to love the Lord more and yet we seem to love him less. I promise to commit to doing a certain task and yet I've not done it or maybe started but I soon gave up. I promise to forsake the world, to take up my cross and follow him, yet I keep going back to the things of the world which have hindered me in my carrying of the cross. I promise to speak more to others about Jesus, yet I fail to speak even when the opportunity rises right in front of my nose. I promise to forsake all and to love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my mind and with all my soul. And yet on a daily basis, God gets squeezed out because I allow other things to take priority in my life. And the list could continue. I could have written down so many more things that could relate to each and every one of us this morning. And so I could stand here this morning and we could, make up all, we could make all these statements and all these excuses and everything else and I could say, well, don't worry about it. But we should be concerned and we must be concerned if we're not fulfilling any vow that we have made before the loan, before the Lord. Because every vow we make before the Lord is a vow, is a promise that we should keep. But as we come to look at the children of Israel, we'll discover that we're not alone. The children of Israel, they made that commitment that, yes, Joshua, we will serve the Lord. They set up the stone. They probably had the best of intentions. But not long afterwards, Joshua, the man who had challenged them, died. And as we move from Joshua into the book of Judges, we get to chapter 2 and verse 11 to 15. And this is what we read. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and he gave them over to plunders, plunderers who plundered them and he sold them into the land hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. And whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them and they were in terrible distress. Now if you go through the book of Judges, and I've read a lot of this book over this last week or two, the whole story of the book of Judges is both complex and complicated simply because it relates the accounts of the various judges and some of the characteristics of the judges and the things they do, they go so much against the grain of what we would consider acceptable today. But despite these things, God used them 
to call the children of Israel back to a place of repentance. But you find as you go through the book of Judges, there is a repeating pattern. They commit to the Lord. Then they fail. God brings something to punishment. They call out to God. God answers them. And so they recommit to him. But sadly they fail again. And so it goes on and on with that repeating pattern. You see it in Judges 3.7. They fail. Judges 3.8. God punishes. Judges 3.9. They cry out and God helps them. You see it again in Judges 3, 12 to 15, and again in Judges 4, 1 to 3, and Judges 6 is 1 to 6, and so on through this book. The story continues up and down, up and down, serving the Lord and turning from Him. And the book of Judges has some fascinating stories in it. There's that of Gideon, who was the man of valor. There's the story of Samson, the strong man, whose strength eventually even caused his own destruction. And yet, even with the failure of the people of God, where they're up and down, up and down, we find that God remained faithful toward them. As I said, raising up men and women, one after the other, to bring them back, full circle, to the place where they should have been from when the moment they said that we will serve the Lord. The problem is, see, that as the sheep of God's pasture, and even though God was their shepherd and kept bringing them back into a place of safety, what we discover with the children of Israel as his sheep, the sheep instinct kept kicking in. And the sheep instinct causes them to wander. The sheep instinct causes them to go astray and to become lost again. And perhaps the final verse in the book of Judges is the lowest and the saddest of them all. For Judges 21-25 says this, in those, days, in those days there was no king in Israel, Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. What a tragedy. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Isn't that a picture of the 21st century? You look around us today. You go out into the night, into the city of Newcastle. And I tell you, we went a few weeks back on a Sunday evening after church and we went just to go down for a walk by the river and there was something going on. So we decided to go up into the town. We had Marco with us and Nicola and Cameron and Zoe. So since she was born and we were horrified with the sights that we were seeing at night time in the city of Newcastle because men and women were choosing to do those things which seemed right in their own eyes. And there are cities that are far worse around the nations of the world. But I want to bring a simple application from all of this this morning. See, the children of Israel, they were God's chosen people. He loved them. He cared for them. He provided 
for them. They really were 100% as they would sing in Psalm 100, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. But the good news is today that we have been brought into his sheepfold. Jesus said, other sheep I have who are not of this fold. I must bring them in also. And the word of God says that we all like sheep had gone astray, every one of us to our own way. But the good shepherd came looking and he found us. He's picked us up and he's brought us into the safety of his fold. And each one of us who knows Jesus this morning as our Lord and our Saviour can truly say that the Lord is my shepherd. But going back to where I started this morning, as we committed our lives to him, as we chose to live for him and to love him and to serve him and to speak for him and to obey him in all that we have and in all that we do, the important question this morning, following the example of the children of Israel, is this, how faithful have we been? How often does the sheep instinct kick in and cause us to wander and to go astray? <coughs> and it may be today that your heart is, you're in this building with us worshipping the Lord, but it could be today that your heart is as far away from God as it can be. Because we can go through the motions. We can sing, we can praise, we can make it look as if all is well in front of each other. We can put on a good show. But this is the important thing to remember. That as his sheep, we can't pull the wool over his eyes. Because he sees deep, within even the inner recesses of our hearts. And just like the children of Israel in the book of Judges, a chart of our lives would show that perhaps for many of us, we're no different to them. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, and God has to shake us all about. <clears throat> Let me say it again. We're in and we're out. We're in and we're out. And God has to shake us all about. Because the sheep instinct keeps taking us back to where he has called us from and saved us from. The places of this world, the things of this world shouldn't hold any attraction to us if our eyes are truly fixed upon Jesus. And remember those last words from Judges. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The NIV says, everyone did as he saw fit. Everyone did as he saw fit. Going back to two weeks ago, choose this day whom you will serve. In choosing to serve the Lord God, we cannot live by doing what is right in our own eyes. 
We cannot live, as the NIV says, by doing as we see fit. And we cannot live by doing as what the world says is okay. For in choosing to serve the Lord God, we live according to what he says is right. We live according to what he says is fit. We live according to what the standard is set in his written word and is shown to us by an example of the one who is the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may God help us, each one, to examine our hearts. And at the same time that we're examining our hearts, to examine our ways so that we walk and live in a way that, is, that pleases him and ensures that as the sheep of his fold we stop breaking out to taste that of the world that will just make us spiritually sick and lead to spiritual death because if we're not careful the things of the world they will just simply draw us and take us away from God If I was to make a concluding thought concerning the children of Israel as it relates to the account concerning Joshua chapter 24 and into the book of Judges, their continual failure, their bugbear was that in saying they would choose to serve the Lord, they failed to do it wholeheartedly. They failed to do it wholeheartedly. They kept falling back into their old ways which for them as we read in Judges was to keep going back to the foreign gods. And sadly a picture could so easily be portrayed of us the people of God. We choose to serve the Lord yet many seek to serve God yet at the same time keep going back to the things from which we've been delivered from. We fail to put off the things that are to do with the old nature and to put on the things that are to do with our newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is already read my favourite verse. If anyone is in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. We're new creatures. We're new creations. And yet somehow, too often, we keep wanting to tug back to the old instead of living and moving into the new. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, choose this day whom you will serve. And our Joshua, the Lord Jesus Christ, he calls us in choosing him to forsake all and to follow him. And this is what he says, in choosing to follow me, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And this morning the question or challenge is this. Which way, which direction does your heart tug you the most? Because that's will be the measure to how devoted we really are to choosing and serving 
the true and living God. I didn't really know how to close this morning. I don't want to sound presumptuous, if that's the right word. But I believe that God gave me this challenge to bring two weeks ago and again this morning. It's sad that when we come together on a Friday evening or a Wednesday evening for the prayer meeting, as an example, perhaps more so, that other than myself being 63 and the others that are older, there's only one person under that age group in a prayer meeting. Because Cameron comes along. And then when we come to a Friday evening, generally on a Friday evening, I'm guessing that possibly Elaine is the youngest one here. There should be a challenge in that. Where are the rest on those evenings? What's tugging at your heart? Where are your desires? Where are your longings? What are you committed to? Is it to the world? Or is it to the true and living God? And I know that there are genuine reasons. But God should be our priority. If we've chosen to serve him, we should give our all to him. And we should be faithful in our service to him. And I ask the question, how many of us want to see this church grow? And I don't want to sound morbid this morning, but going back to a prayer meeting with 63 and older, it's not going to be that long, and please understand me, you older ones, when some of them won't be able to get you because perhaps they can no longer drive, or health stops them from coming. So what happens to the prayer meeting? It doesn't happen. Because the younger generation have no desire to meet with God in the hour of prayer to seek him for this fellowship and for his will amongst us as God's people. If we want this church to grow, then we've got to be committed We've got to have a desire to be devoted into the fellowship of this place so that God can do what he wants to do amongst us so that there will be a prayer meeting in 10 or 20 years' time. And there will be a Bible study in 10 or 20 years' time. And there will still be a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening in 10 and 20 years' time because we've chosen to serve the Lord God and to make him the priority of our lives. See, when I came here three years ago, it wasn't to see a church die. It wasn't to see the older generation pass on and no one to replace that. I came because I believe that God has something for this fellowship. And I gave the challenge a couple of years ago and the important which, thing which God gave to me was that we need to be, before he's going to do anything dramatic and powerful amongst us, we need to be a people of prayer. 
people of prayer. That's what God gave me. That's what I share. And yet no one except for those that came have responded. Hear my heart this morning. It's for this place. It's for you. It's for the house of God. It's for God's will. And how often have we promised and chosen to do this and that and we fail? And maybe, like with the children of Israel, God will have to do something dramatic to get our attention, to get our gaze, and to get us to turn again to wholeheartedly serve him with all of our hearts. And so my plea this morning is don't be once a week church attenders. Don't be once in every few weeks church attenders. Serve the Lord God. Come into his house. Join with brothers and sisters so that together God will see that we're a people that mean business with him. And as we mean business with him, he'll do the business for us. And I believe we can see great things happening. Great things happening. I want that when I pass the work on to another pastor, that he'll be gobsmacked with what God has done. Not because of me, but because of us working with God together. So choose this day. It's a challenge. It's a serious challenge for each one of us now this morning to look into our hearts and ask how committed are we to serving the Lord God in this place that God's will will be done amongst us and great and mighty things can happen. Let's just spend a few moments as we examine our own hearts. And this can be another morning where a stone can be erected. A stone of choosing and decision. I'm not going to ask for a response because we need to ponder on these things. But I'm going to pray now that God would help us. Lord, help each one of us as your church in this place. As the sheep of your pasture in this place. Help each one of us to just allow you by your spirit to come and to probe us deep within. To help us to reshape our priorities. To reschedule our week. So that we may serve you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and with all of your strength. So that together we will be united in purpose. Because then it will be that you will command your blessing upon us. So I thank you for each one that is here this morning. I thank you for each one that would call this uh, place where they come to fellowship. And I ask for each one that your blessing will be upon them. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, it is for your glory alone. Because all the honour and all the praise 
belongs to you.